This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. The Humanities Symposia Lecture Series is hosted by the Department of Humanities and Communication at Trine University. The series allows scholars to share their current academic work with students and the general public. Today's speaker is Anna Bowman, who is a lecturer at Trine University, where she teaches Spanish language courses at the undergraduate level. Professor Bowman holds a bachelor's degree in science, a master's in English linguistics, and a graduate certificate in English as a second language from Indiana University. She completed a master's in Spanish literature and culture in Salamanca, Spain. Currently, Professor Bowman is a doctoral candidate in Spanish linguistics at Universidad de Salamanca in Spain. Well, thank you all for coming. Um, I like to present something that is, of course, cultural about my, uh, my own culture. I am originally from Mexico. I was born and raised in Mexico City. And for me, presenting uh, the Katrina and the Day of the Dead program today, it's an honor and it's a pleasure. Um, I think understanding of other cultures, uh, tolerance, uh, it is important in nowadays in our society. So I hope you all enjoy uh, this, this program. But I will also encourage you at the end of the program to ask questions or uh, make any comments. So I will start with um, Grand Dame Katrina, honoring death. Um, I will start with a little bit of history. Um, and then I will go by the history and then I will go by the culture. And then we'll, I will also add some videos. You know how tricky technology is, so I hope I can play those videos. I was having trouble uh, just a few minutes ago. So uh, throughout centuries, there have been various cultures around the world that have actually honored dead in their own ways, um, Egypt, South Africa. And in Mexico, um, we have actually had many goddesses and goddesses, and we have one goddess of the dead and one god of the dead. Um, their names are Miklatenkutli and his wife, Miktekasiagwetl, and that is in, in Nahuatl. Um, these, are, these are the wife and husband, spouses of, of, uh, uh, of the dead. Uh, La Catrina is an iconic symbol of the Mexican culture. It represents the ephemeral past from life to, uh, to the final destination. And La Catrina in Spanish is a nickname for people who are, well, they, they could come from wealthy families who are well-dressed and they actually follow kind of like a European tradition. So somebody that is a Catrin for male and Catrina for uh, female is somebody that actually dresses very nice, like a GQ kind of person. Um, the Catrina is characterized as a skeleton lady dressed in elegant costumes. And this is, this is one of the pictures. This is one of the uh, first pictures that actually appear from La Catrina. As you can see, it's a skeleton. It's a skeleton lady that is dressed with very elegant uh, um, attire. And it also has elegant, elegant furs and very elegant hats. <coughs> uh, the unique relationship with death is important part of the day of the death tradition that honors the life of the loved ones who have departed. And this is very important not only in the Mexican culture, but also in other cultures that celebrate death. Um, especially Mexicans, we have a very, very weird and unique connection with death. We honor death, 
we live that and it's a transition like we, like I said from life to death. Um, one important thing that I would like for you to know is that actually the Day of the Dead celebration in Mexico is um, on the list of intangible cultural heritage by the UNESCO. This was done in 2008 and of course every time we talk about the Day of the Dead we also have to talk about La Catrina. I don't know if I'm sure many of you are already aware of what Day of the Dead celebrations are but I don't think uh, many of you know who is La Catrina. So we're going to go through this um, history journal about who La Catrina is and why did it come to be a very important part of the Day of the Dead celebrations. Uh, we start with Octavio Paz. Octavio Paz was um, a poet, a Mexican poet, who actually won the uh, Nobel uh, Prize in Literature in 1990. Um, he had different essays that he would like to talk about the Mexican culture and the Mexican, of course he was a Mexican poet, and he liked always to um, kind of uh, discover what the Mexican personality is about. So he wrote the, about the relationship with the, uh, with the dead and the, and the Mexicans. Uh, he would say in one of his essays, the Mexican, the Mexican people, is familiar with death, jokes about it, caresses it, sleeps with it, celebrates it, True, there is as much fear in his attitudes as is that of others, but at least death is not hidden away. He looks at it in the face with impatience, disdain, or irony. And he wrote this in one of the most famous essays, The Labyrinth of Solitude, in 1950. Um, so, as you can see, the relationship with Mexicans and death is, is very intrinsical. It's in our nature. Uh, it's the way we celebrate life and the way we celebrate death. Uh, so to give you an idea on how this uh, La Catrina became to be as La Catrina, <coughs> um, we had in the earlier years uh, Jose Guadalupe Posada. And it's said that he is actually the painter, the Mexican painter, who actually started painting Catrinas in its original form. Um, the original sketches depicted animated skeletons that were painted by Jose Guadalupe Posada, a Mexican paint maker in the early years of the 20th century. Posada expressed with harsh criticism and sarcasm the inequalities between the poor and rich in the Mexican society. He also expressed his political views against the government and its politicians such as President Porfirio Diaz. So we're talking about the beginning of the 20th century. Uh, Posada, like it said, he was a Mexican painter, he did the sketches, but then he started seeing the inequality of the Mexican society between the poor and the, and the rich. President Porfirio Diaz actually came in um, about 19, uh, well, like around 18, um, I would say 1894, to become a president. He was a dictator and he was a president that lasted about 30 years. During those years, he actually instituted, well, he wanted um, to be Mexico in a very modern society, and he started copying the models in Europe. So he was fascinated with Europe. He actually um, commissioned one of the architects in Mexico City to build a boulevard in Mexico City. And, and this is, like I said, in the beginning of the, uh, you know, of the, the 20th century. He wanted to evoke the uh, Champs-Élysées 
one of the main uh, avenues in Paris because he wanted Mexico to look like, uh, like France. But while he was doing this and bringing all the splendor and uh, all of the wonderful things that the uh, French culture and European culture had, he actually disdained or had a disdain for the poor people in Mexico. And I'm talking about the Indians, uh, talking about the rural people, uh, the peasants. So there were starting a lot of inequalities and people wasn't going to do about it and they weren't very happy. So Posadas, uh, this is Porfirio Diaz, President Porfirio Diaz. <coughs> As you can tell, he's all dressed in like he would look like a general, like a European general. So Porfirio Diaz started the, the three decades in 1876 through 1910, and he introduced economic progress and modernity in Mexico. Uh, but of course, the wealthy people, the wealthy um, families loved him. The people in the rural communities hated him. And this started to make a really, really bad sentiment you know, with the people uh, of Mexico, with the poor people of Mexico, because he neglected to uh, cover their basic needs. Um, for this reason, a civil war of the Mexican Revolution erupted in 1910 while he was a president, and he was formed to resign and went into exile in Paris in 1911. He was exiled in Paris, and he loved Paris so much, and then eventually he died uh, four years later. And I'm sure you have heard the name Pancho Villa. Pancho Villa was one of the main uh, protagonists in the uh, Revolution War. So while all of this was going on, there were groups of peasants that were revolting against, and, and Posadas was taking a note of all of this. Posadas the painter. So Posadas, during uh, President Diaz's presidency, was painting illustrations often to portray satirical figures with skeletons. We call them calaveras. Calaveras, which is skulls or skeletons, to criticize the government and society. So, so he did a lot. He, he was um, actually printing these brochures that he will give free to the people so that the people would understand what was going on and maybe educate him. Most of his brochures, most of his printings, he gave them for free. And he also have any, he didn't have any words because most of the population at that time, the poor uh, society, didn't know how to read or write. So he communicated with them through uh, paintings and through sketches. Um, while he did that, while he was criticizing the government, he also wanted to remind people about their uh, mortality. That means, hey, you can be rich or poor, but there is mortality. Everyone's going to die at some point. Um, and some of the Posada's printings are currently on display at the Modern Museum of Art in New York and the British Museum in London. So I'll show you, these are some of the first sketches that Posada did at that time. As you can tell, this is uh, a skull, calavera with a sombrero, with a hat, which is the, depicts a um, peasant, and then with a uh, <coughs> sarape. So this, this were one of his first. Um, this is another one that shows the you know, simple people, rural people, dancing, and, and of course they're all depicted with, with the skeletons, with the calaveras. Um, one of Posada's sketches, uh, he presented La Calavera de la Catrina, which means the Catrina skeleton in 1913. Uh, Posada depicted La Catrina, again, as a criticism to the Mexican elite, and this time he added 
that he discovered that there were some indigenous people that they were um, embarrassed to be poor or embarrassed to, of their origins. So he also criticized those people and said, hey, you're also going to die. So here's La Catrina. That is his painting. And um, for me, it's one of the most beautiful paintings. I love, I love skeletons, I love skulls. But maybe it's because of my Mexican upbringing that I really appreciate this, this kind of art. So take a look. This is La Catrina. This is from Posada, the, the, first, the first sketch that he did, and with a very glamorous hat, uh, the beautiful face. And then we're going to talk about Diego Rivera. I'm sure that some of you know who Diego Rivera is. Can anybody tell me who Diego Rivera is? Anybody? anybody? He, is, he was married to a very famous Mexican painter, too. Frida Kahlo. Frida Kahlo. So there she is, <coughs> beautiful. And Diego Rivera was not so handsome, but he had a great personality, <laughs> and, uh, and he was a great painter. So it is said that, uh, that Diego Rivera, of course, he was a patriot. He, was, um, he liked everything Mexican. Um, he started to get really involved and really interested in, in Posada's paintings and the sketches. So he wanted to paint, to paint La Catrina, and he wanted to include it in one of his paintings. And, and he did. But he actually made it a little more glamorized. So he included her in, um, in his mural, Dream of a Sunday Afternoon in Alameda Park. For those of you who have not been or have not visited Mexico, Alameda Park is a very, very popular park. It's one of the largest in, in Mexico. And he painted, and I have a copy of, of that painting right here because I, I love it so much. Um, he painted La Catrina in this. That is the painting, and I know it's very hard to see, but here he has about 400 years of history in Mexico, coming from the Aztecs, coming from the conquerors, from Spanish conquerors, the presidents, past presidents. Um, he also included uh, the, uh, Porfirio Diaz somewhere around here, and the revolution. I mean, he had a lot of history in this, but take a look at this. The central figure in his painting is La Catrina. And besides La Catrina, he painted Posadas. And besides La Catrina, on the right-hand side, he painted his wife, Frida Kahlo. And he is right here, Diego Rivera, depicted as a young child. Uh, so it's, it's a, a wonderful, wonderful painting. I, you know, like I said, you can come and look afterwards, or you can download it from, from the internet. Um, well, here is what I was talking about, the Frida, uh, Frida beside, uh, beside La Catrina. According to Ken, oops, according to Ken Academy experts, La Catrina unites two great Mexican artists in this mural. She holds Rivera's hand as her other arm, as her other arm is held by Posada. So here, Diego Rivera wanted to probably say to everybody, hey, these are two worlds are united by two great Mexican, uh, Mexican artists. And then here we are protesting our criticism all the 400 years that happened uh, in Mexico. Diego Rivera made La Catrina an iconic image in Mexico's culture and is represented during the celebrations of the Day of the Dead. La Catrina is the celebration of life and death 
and is present in paintings in museums, parades, oh, and then paintings, and again. Um, in October 2017, I have to make a note of this because I contributed to an article written by Grace Householder from KPC News and the Herald Republican. And uh, she was asking me, what does the tradition of Day of the Dead means? Well, uh, the tradition is now a pagan celebration, but I have to tell you that it started in Spain and it was brought to Mexico in the 16th century by the Spanish conquerors um, at the time of uh, Aztec culture. The beliefs of the Catholic religion of the Spanish blended with the beliefs of the Aztecs to make it a very distinctive uh, Mexican tradition. So that's how Day of the Dead tradition. Celebrations of the Day of the Dead include the creation of altars, altares, with offerings that are called ofrendas at homes and cemeteries in honor of their loved ones who passed away. These altars are set each year on November 1st. There we honor the children that have passed away. In November 2nd, we honor the adults that have passed away. And uh, with this goes that our friendas are made with candles. <coughs> They're also made with flowers. Um, and the candles shows the disease, the path of coming back to, to the living world. It said that there is an afterworld when everybody goes and dies. And then on these days, they are welcome to join their relatives, their living relatives. And, and they join, and the relatives, the families, create these ofrendas to honor them, to have them come back and, and enjoy for, even if it's one day, the living. Um, the ofrendas um, are also with marigold flowers that guide the disease with bright colors. And there is also the smell of burning copal tree incense. This is a very distinctive um, incense because it's very pugnant and it seems to show the disease where the path is so that they don't get lost. Um, the families create offenders with pictures of the beloved disease. They also have their favorite drinks. They could also be tequila there or beer if they, if they like, if the disease like tequila or beer or any other drink. One important aspect is they have to have water in these offenders. Just imagine. Com coming from the afterworld to the living world, it's a long, long experience. They must be thirsty. They have to have water to drink. Um, they also have, they also show any musical instruments on any other um, dear possessions. They're also, I mean, these are the ofrendas at home, but ofrendas and altares can also be set up in cemeteries. Um, some of the ofrendas uh, may have day of the uh, uh, bread of the day, and this is actually created in Mexico. It depicts the the um, the, the the skull kind of a look, and they also have um, skulls <coughs> made made of sugar. I don't know if anybody have watched Coco the movie, um, and there will be um, well, we'll talk about uh, at the end of the. Uh, there will be screenings of Day of the Dead here at the Broco, at the Broco Cinema. But for some of you who have not watched Coco the movie, it's a beautiful, beautiful movie. Even if you don't believe in the after afterworld, I have to say something. Um, I don't particularly believe in this um, in this tradition. My family did never um, never had an altar made up for any of my. Uh, on my uh, disease that were beloved. They never did. We didn't believe in those things. 
But I, I really respect the tradition because it's a tradition that has been long for many, many years, and I actually embrace the tradition now. So this Coco the movie, um, and it's a Dix, uh, uh, Disney Pixar. Um, according to the website from Disney Pixar, the plot of the movie from Disney tells the story of a child, Miguel, that despite his family's generation all band of music, young Miguel dreams of becoming an accomplished musician just like his idol Ernesto de la Cruz. Desperate to prove his talent, Miguel finds himself in the stunning and colorful land of the dead. After meeting a charming trickster named Hector, the two new friends embark on an extraordinary journey to unlock the real story behind Miguel history. And this is by Disney Pixar, and it was actually um, screened on 2017. So here I have, and this is where we can see if technology works. So I'm gonna play uh, one of the theme songs, which will give you an <coughs> idea of how the movie is about. And it's a beautiful song. Okay, it's a beautiful song. Um, unfortunately, we don't have the time. Um, and this next uh, pick, the marigold. Remember I mentioned the marigold as uh, the flower that will guide the, um, the, the deceased ones to the living room. So this is another portion of the movie where Miguel enters the afterworld, uh, well, follows the marigold to enter the, the uh, world of the dead. So that is the the dead uh, land. So on the next clip, just briefly, um, I also wanted to let you know that now because it has been a tradition that it's um, uh, all over Mexico, I don't know if you have seen this movie uh, Spectre with James Bond. James Bond filmed this movie many years ago. And in the movie, he chases a mafia guy in Mexico, in Mexico City. And what he encounters, he encounters a parade, a parade of the Day of the Dead that actually um, makes his life miserable in order to get to the bad guy. But what I'm telling you this is because the props from the movie, the day of, the, um, of this movie, Spectre, which they were like a huge parade in Mexico City, they were donated after the, the movie was finished, they were donated to the Mexican government, to the Mexican city government. So now the Mexican city government said, hey, that would be a good idea to use these props that uh, they were on the movie and create our own parade. So that's, how, that's what they've been doing since um, 2016. And every year now, they have celebrated in Mexico City a parade of the Day of the Day. It's grandiose. Um, I have a clip from the Day of the, of the Dead Parade that actually took place 
on Sunday, this last Sunday. And every time they just, they just do a wonderful job. Um, you're going to see, you're going to see a lot of skulls, skeletons, Katrinas all over. This actually was um, filmed by a couple that are American ones about their experience in Mexico with the Day of the Dead Parade. Uh, holiday recognized the UNESCO World Heritage Organization. It's only celebrated here in Mexico. Earlier today, Greg and I got a closer look at behind the scenes preparations for the parade. advance it so that you can see it was very impressive I watched the whole <coughs> thing which lasted about um, an hour and this is through all through Mexico City and um, the last thing that I would like to talk to you about is about the uh, ofrendas um, um, the Angola community have done a wonderful job um, around uh, the Angola city to bring the Day of the Dead um, celebrations to Angola. So there they decorated um, ofrendas, and you can see, you know, that they have the flowers, they have the skulls, uh, the marigold, um, a few candy, and this is actually set up Kaleo Cafe. Uh, there is another ofrenda that is um, placed, that has been placed at the uh, Broco Theater. And what I was saying about uh, the screen of the Coco Theater, and I have some, um, some of the representatives of the Angola community who will be talking about that <coughs> later on. But this is the one that it was a Broco Theater. Uh, and there is another one at Mitchell's shop. Okay, and, and with that, I think I'm, I'm right on time. And I would like to thank you for your uh, presence here. And before, uh, before we close, um, I would like to know if there are any questions or comments. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.